Thank you, Jesus. You can return to your seats as quick as you can. Thank you again to the musicians and singers. Remain standing for just a moment. I'm going to take your attention to the book of Judges, chapter 7. Book of Judges, chapter 7. I echo the sentiment of gratitude for every camp worker, for all of those that have been cooking and cleaning, for the security, uh, for the sound. Uh, it's good to see my good friend, uh, Gentry Needham, in the house. Um, I'm thankful for every pastor that has been on site, every leader, uh, whether local or youth or district. God has blessed this great state with great leadership from Brother Gaddy and Brother Sullivan to Brother Austin and Brother uh, Jason, everybody that is, is helping lead. I wonder if you could just give everybody one, one grand hand of appreciation. Come on, do it loud if you love your leadership. You're so blessed. You're so blessed. And I'm so grateful for the ministry of Brother DJ. We heard such a great sound word this morning. Um, now, for some of you, it may have been life-changing. And for some of you, it may have been life-confirming. I'm thankful uh, for solid teaching of the Word of God. We need messages that change our life. We had to get some things aligned. But then we need to hear lessons of, that, that are life-confirming. And I'm thankful for the sound doctrine that we heard this morning. I want to go straight to uh, the Word of the Lord. And it's, it's Wednesday night of junior camp. And I just feel like going somewhere in the spirit. I just want to know if, there in, is, if, there, if there's anybody that just came desperate and hungry and radical. I want to know. I want to know. I, uh, I was on my way to the airport. And um, we're, we're going to have story time with LG again. I was on my way to the airport, and uh, I got this notification. Um, it's the notification of all notifications. I got the notification that I had been upgraded to first class. Now, some of y'all may be deep pockets, maybe Madre and Padre or Bougie, and, and y'all, every time you go on vacation, your whole family's in a first class. Well, I, I normally... Uh, by the, the normal seats. And, uh, but I got the notification I had been upgraded, and I'm just going to be honest with you. Uh, that upgrade comes with a little swag. You walk a little different when you're on the way to first class. And I made it to my gate early. I, di I didn't even have to buy snacks with all the other peasants because in first class you get free snacks. And I'm at the front of the line, and they're calling military, and I'm waiting. And they're calling people with kids, and I'm waiting. They're calling everybody but me, and I'm, I'm waiting. I'm, I'm first class. I'm proud to be humble. And finally, they said, uh, first class. I said, uh, that's me. 
And uh, I, I, I board and I sit down and I, I'm, I, I really am not a diva, um, but I can turn into one real quick if I need to. And so I just, I just already got my hand ready. I, I, was, I was getting ready to sip on some apple juice while everybody was heading to row 59 and 72. So the stewardess comes out and she says, uh, would, would you, could, I, could I get you a drink, Mr. Gore? I said, let me pray about it. Yes. I'll take some apple juice. My buddy next to me, he said, I'll take some orange juice. I thought, oh, that's, that's cute. Um, so they bring our drinks, and I'm just living life, and I'm just going to give you a little life hack. If you ever find yourself in, in first class, you can't, you know, you can't have your phone out live streaming. You know, you don't want, you don't want people to know this is your first time. You just got to act like this is, this is always the way it is, right? And so little did I know um, that my perfect little world was going to be turned upside down. And I wouldn't call it spiritual warfare, but, you know, life happens. And my man beside me decided uh, he was going to spill his orange juice. And uh, I don't know why he couldn't have spilled it into the other row, the aisle, on himself. Somehow he was holding it with his left hand and it spilled on me. Went all down my pant leg, into my shoes, underneath my toenails. Sorry, little TMI. I think you can handle it. And uh, so the stewardess comes back out. And uh, y'all want to hear the rest of the story? Okay, y'all going to hear it. You, you can't bail on my story. So I, I, she says, I, I, got a, I got something for you. She comes back with a little towelette. I think that's French for like this little one inch by inch towel that doesn't work. So I said, I, I need, I need 10,000 of those. Thank you very much. And so I'm trying to get all the stickiness off. It's not off. I'm, I'm kind of, uh, I'm, I'm hangry. I, I don't even have my snacks yet. Orange juice has been spilled on me. And she said, do you need anything else? And I said, no, I'm, I'm good. Fake smile. And uh, my man beside me said, uh, when, when, when you get a chance, I'd like a refill of orange juice. I said, Father God above, please let them bring it to him in a sippy cup. <laughs> Come on, bruh. Really? Man. But you know what I love? I love when you come into the house of God and there's young men and women that have that same kind of tenacity to say, God, I know I've not gotten everything right, and I know I've got some failures and some mess-ups, but I'm in an atmosphere that I'm not going to take for granted, and I will not leave here without getting what only this atmosphere offers me. Why don't you just go ahead and make up your mind on a Wednesday night? I don't know what he's going to do, what she's going to do, but I'm going to get something from Jesus. Come on, what do you say we just get something from Jesus before we leave here tonight? Judges 7, I'm going to read very quickly. Judges 7 and 9. Judges 7 and verse 9. And it came to pass the same night that the Lord said unto Gideon, Arise and get you down to the enemy's camp, for I have delivered them into your hand. But if you fear to go down, I'm going to let you use the buddy system. 
Take fear of your servant and you will hear what they say. And afterwards, your hands will be strengthened to go down to the enemy's camp. And so he went down with fear of his buddy. They were on the outside of the encampment and the Midianites and the Amalekites and all the children of the east lay along in the valley like grasshoppers for multitude. And their camels were without number as the sand by the seaside for multiplicity. And when Gideon was come, behold, there was a man that told a dream to his friend. He said, behold, I, I dreamed a dream and, and lo, a piece of barley bread tumbled into the host of Midian and it came to our tent, it smote it, that it fell, it was overturned, so that our, our whole tent lay on its side. And his fellow answered and said, this is nothing else save the sword of Gideon, the son of Joash, a man of Israel. For into his hand has God delivered us. I think tonight is probably going to be a little bit part two of, of, of last night. Um, I just, I want to preach to you tonight. I want to preach to the spirit world. I want to preach to your potential. And uh, I'm not going to lie, I'm a little sore. Uh, we played ball last night. And um, Jay Lee tried to strike me out. I'm proud to tell y'all that uh, Jay Lee did not strike me out. Um, I don't want to diss on her, but I, I may or may not have gotten inside the park home run. Is that right, Brother Austin? I did. And um, I, I, y'all need to pray for Lily because uh, I broke her ankles. It, uh, it, was not, it was not basketball. It was still baseball. And I smacked that softball right past her. I thought I almost killed her. I done almost quit softball. So I, I'm, I'm a little sore, but I'm going to preach tonight. And if you'll help me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it my all, all right? So for the next few moments, I just want to preach to you on this simple subject, heaven's recipe for hell's nightmare. Heaven's recipe for hell's nightmare. Would you turn to your neighbor and would you tell them, heaven's recipe for hell's nightmare. No, some of you didn't say it. I believe in second chances. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, heaven's recipe for hell's nightmare. Now, now turn to the other person, the one you just rejected, and tell them. Heaven's recipe for hell's nightmare. Would you just lift your hands, and would you just say these simple words? Jesus, speak to me. And now by faith, would you say, Jesus, thank you. Amen. You can be seated. I want you to understand the story of Gideon. His context is one of contradiction and confusion and carnality. It is so bad that the Bible says that the children of Israel are doing evil in the sight of God. So it is that chapter 6 tells us that the enemy has surrounded the people of God who were supposed to have dominion and revival and authority. They have surrounded them. 
The people of God are the ones cowering in caves and hiding in dens. And to make the story even worse, the adversary has them surrounded and waits until there is a harvest. And every time there is growth, every time there is multiplication, every time there is production, every time there is increase, the Bible says that the adversary sweeps in and burglarizes and burns up every bit of harvest. Doesn't matter what is sown. It doesn't matter what is watered. It doesn't matter what is cultivated. Season after season, the enemy comes back in and plunders every bit of growth. And where there should be fruit and where there should be celebration, there is just simply ash and smoke. This is the context of Gideon. And so it is not just a simple sentence, but it is a miracle when we read these simple words. The angel of the Lord was watching Gideon. The angel of the Lord was watching Gideon. Now, I, I want you to, I want you to uh, lean over to your neighbor, and I want you to tell them, somebody's watching you. I want you to turn over to your other neighbor, the one you keep rejecting. And I want you to say, yo, fam, uh, you're under surveillance. I want you to look at these scriptures for me because I, I think they're so powerful. Verse 11 says, There came an angel of the Lord and simply sat under the tree and was watching Gideon thresh wheat by the winepress. Now, the reason this is so significant is because the next verse is going to let us know that the angel appeared to Gideon. So there was this space and place where heaven did not seem to be moving and heaven did not seem to be speaking, but heaven was in fact very present. There are times in our Christian walk with God that we are not always going to feel Him. But you know what is so wonderful about this grand journey is we don't walk by adrenaline. We don't walk by feelings. We don't walk by vibes. We don't walk by positive energy. We walk by what we know. And what we know is that God is with us and for us and watching us. Let's think about this for a moment. An angel is just chillaxing. Watching Gideon. This angel can be anywhere doing anything. And he's simply gazing at, simply staring at Gideon. I, I've got to unpack this for a few moments because some of you don't understand that even right now at 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, there, there's, there, there's a tension on you. The eyes of the Lord are upon you. I, I, I remember that I, I gave my first 
tongue interpretation when I was about nine years old. I remember I saw my first vision when I was about, uh, I believe, 11 years old. I preached my first message at, at, at 15 years old. I want you to understand that, that the eyes of God are upon you right now. I, 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 I'm going to get off my notes a little bit, but I, I, I had this motto growing up that I, maybe you could adopt and, and, and maybe you could write in your Bible. And it was simply this. If I'm young enough to be tempted, I'm old enough to be anointed. Don't you tell me that gender confusion can come after you and pornography can come after you and peer pressure can come after you and the gifts of the Spirit cannot come after you. I'm preaching to young men that already have intercession on them. I'm preaching to young ladies that have the spirit of prophecy and boldness on you. Put your hand on your heart. Say, if I'm young enough to be tempted, I'm old enough to be anointed. I'm so thankful for what we've heard this week, and I've endeavored to communicate about the calling of God last night, but I want to keep unpacking it just a little bit. Um, I'm thankful for services uh, like last night where where somebody responds to the call. I'm I'm thankful for NAYC services and rallies where where, where somebody is called to preach and and called to minister and and, and called into deeper things. But can, can can I just be real with all of you? Every single one of us are called. So let's unpack this just a little bit. There are times in our life where, 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 where we look back and say, that was the moment, that was the, that was the service. But let's just unpack it. God was already calling you. That night at NAYC, in last night's service, that's not when God called you. That's when you answered God has been calling you before you were ever even born. In your mother's womb, he was knitting you and forming you. He said, I ordained you as a prophet. I want you to understand that the call of God is already upon you. And it's not a, it's not a pocket dial. It's, it's not a butt call. It's not accidental. When God called you, God called you. He didn't get the wrong number. He didn't get the wrong person. He called you. He called you. There's two things in our Bible that run to and fro. There's two things in our Bible that go to and fro. The eyes of the Lord and the devil. I, I, I hope I'm not too simple tonight. But y'all, y'all can come back in the morning for deep revelation from Brother DJ. Um, I just want to remind you that there's only one devil. One devil. And uh, some of us think the devil is after us. I'll be honest, it's probably a rookie demon. It might be a, a junior devil. There's only one devil. There's only one. And I want you to understand that he's not like our God. He doesn't know everything. 
He can't be everywhere. So again, I'm going to be really simple. Um, if the devil is going to go somewhere, he's got to go there. God just has to look there. God saw you before the devil ever got to you. I'm not ignoring the trauma. I'm not ignoring the abuse. I'm not ignoring who forsook you. I'm not ignoring the hell that maybe you were born into. But the eyes of the Lord saw you before the adversary ever got to you. Before the, the eyes of the Lord are greater than a family cycle. The eyes of the Lord are greater than the sin of your mom and your dad. The eyes of the Lord saw you before the junk ever got to you. Now look back at your friend again. Since you've stopped rejecting them, maybe just tell both of them at the same time. God's watching me. God's paying attention to me. God is interested in me. Now, this, this is what's so amazing to me. What was that angel watching? He was watching Gideon thresh wheat by the wine press. Now, we read this, and it sounds so simple, but in just a few verses before, we have already read that the adversary has come in and burned all the wheat and burned all the harvest, and everything's supposed to be gone. But not everything is gone. Gideon is threshing what the adversary was trying to burn up. You see, you represent, you represent more than just another personality. You represent more than just another junior camper. You represent something that hell did not get to burn up. Your shout is not just a shout. And your faithfulness is not just faithfulness. And your prayer life. Some of you should already be jaded. Some of you should already have stopped praying. But you got your hands on something that hell did not burn up. Come on, I'm preaching for somebody to get bold on Wednesday night. And say, I know you got this. And I know you got that. But you didn't get everything. I'm going to give you 10 seconds to shout right now. And that shout is to tell the adversary, you didn't get all my joy. You didn't get all my peace. I was struggling last month, but I'm at camp right now. You did not burn up everything. we knew brother Gaddy the stories represented in this room oh there's gold in this room there's harvest in this room Jesus looked at Pete and he said hey you know Satan has desired to have you have you ever considered that we're hell's harvest he wants you and he wants me. Jesus said, Pete, Satan's desired to have you. He's interceding for you. He's begging for you to sift you as wheat. 
but I have prayed for you. You're on a hit list, but you're also on a prayer list. And the latter is greater than the former. I know the odds are against me. I know it's 2023, but God has spoken over me. Prophecy is upon me. Heaven is in our sea. We've got a high priest that's on our behalf. We've got a high priest that's interceding in the gap. We've got a God that does not just equip us. He speaks over us. Jesus said, I prayed for you. It does not matter what goes on in the strategy room of hell. A prayer meeting can always oust it. It does not matter if you feel like you have been set up to fail. You let there be one prayer meeting that happens. Can I remind you? You don't even know the prayers your district superintendent has prayed over you this week. You don't even know the prayers that your youth leader, your team leader. You don't even know the prayers that have gone forth from the back from a gray-haired saint of God. You are not alone. Somebody is praying. Come on, I know I'm being simple tonight, but it does not matter what is preying on you. There is a God and there is a family of God that is praying for you. You got a bundle of something hell couldn't burn up. I said, you got a bundle of something hell didn't burn up. You represent future harvest. You represent present harvest. Somewhere when nobody was watching, Gideon must have been sowing. Gideon must have been cultivating. Gideon must have been watering. You see, some of you are going to think the older you get that you've that you, you, you just been hidden and, and overlooked, but you've really been protected. Can I just preach to somebody that's grown up in this context and the devil's lying to you saying you've been too sheltered. I'm telling you, you have been protected because you have something of value. If Satan is wanting to sift you, that means there's wheat somewhere, there's gold somewhere, there's grain somewhere. You are not worthless. You are not invaluable. You are a threat to hell's kingdom. The eyes of the Lord are watching Gideon thresh wheat by a wine press. Oh, you got to love it. You don't thresh wheat by a wine press. You press on grapes at a wine press. You thresh wheat on a threshing floor. Gideon 
is out of place. And so are you and me. Can I just suggest to you that maybe you don't have to be the right person in the right place at the right time? Maybe you can be the wrong person at the wrong place at the wrong time. But if you've got a bundle of something that hell didn't burn up. David said, I am as a wonder unto many. He said, people can't figure me out. Remember what I said last night? I'll say it again. It don't make sense. But he can make a miracle from what doesn't make sense. Paul said, I was born out of due time. He said, I really didn't have everything perfect. But Paul represented something and someone that had an ironclad grip on something that the devil did not destroy. I'm preaching to a dangerous young person that you have a grip on something that hell wants. Hell wants your mind and your sanity and your purity and your prayer life and your devotion. He wants that Bible study. He wants that submission. But because you're here, you represent what he did not get. You represent what he wanted, but he did not get. Stay with me. The angel finally appears. And he says, Gideon, you're a mighty man of valor. And uh, Gideon said, uh, that's Cap. You don't know my zip code. Uh, you, you, you can't bro me if you don't know me. Uh, my life is trash. He said, I'm from a poor family. And then he said, I'm, I'm the least of my family. You know what, you know what Gideon was saying? He, he wasn't just saying I'm weak. He's saying, he was saying I'm the weakest of the weak. And you know what God said? You're weak enough to win. He said, yeah. You're going to deliver, you're going to deliver the people of God. Go in this strength. What strength? The strength of your weakness. And I got to hurry. Gideon says, where are Where's the stories of our fathers? Where's the God of our fathers? Where's the miracles? And what Gideon is about to recognize is that he is the answer to his own prayer. God is commissioning you. God is sending you. You. That's still struggling. You that's in training. You that's still figuring some things out. You that has weakness. You. I was in a conference a few, a few weeks ago and this young man came up and he said, he said, you know, I really feel like God is stretching me and God is wanting me to be more bold and be more used by him. And, and I said, God, I'm so awkward and I'm so weird. 
And then he said, but then I came to conference and met you. He said, I heard you preached and I watched you and I said, God, now I know you can use me. On the outside, I said, that is so wonderful. Thank you for sharing. On the inside, I said, walk away, fool. <laughs> then I asked the Lord to forgive me. God wants to use you. You. And if he can use me, anointed and awkward and weird, he can use you. All of a sudden, Gideon is the captain now, and Gideon has a sword. And you know what's so amazing about Gideon's story? The first revival that Gideon has is in his own backyard. You know what it looks like? The Bible says that, that Gideon goes to his backyard, and he tears down an idol. He tears down a stronghold in his own backyard. Now, I'm going to speak to the spirit world for just a moment. I, I, I want this to resonate with, with every, every age in this room. But I, I want you to hear me when I say that, that, that Gideon did not build this idol. Daddy built it. God, I hope this connects. Not everything is your fault. But just because it's not your fault doesn't mean it's not your responsibility. What do you mean? I hope you have a mom and dad that ushers you into prayer. I hope you have a mom and dad that have worship going on in your home. I hope you have a mom and dad that facilitates the things of God in your home. But if you do not, you have been anointed to pray and intercede and worship in your bedroom in your school on your job not when you're 17 not when you're 21 you didn't get a junior version of the spirit of God you didn't get a 14 year old version of the spirit of God when you got the spirit of God you received the spirit of God I want somebody just to clap their hands and to lift up their voice. Woo. Come on, I feel some worship tearing some things down right now. I give you 10 seconds just to wiggle your toes and move your hands. You got 10, if you want to run, run. If you want to leap, leap. If you want to jump, jump. But I feel some worship. Terry, I didn't build it, but I'm going to bring it down. Come on, I didn't bring atheism into my school. I didn't bring wickedness into my school. But I'm bringing wonder. I'm bringing miracles. I'm bringing truth. I gotta hurry. All of a sudden, he's got an army, but his army is so strong, they're strong enough to lose. And so, you know what God does? God weakens him, and God weakens him, and God weakens him until he is weak enough to win. Watch what happens. 
He's been promised victory. God has spoken to him. Gideon is special just like you are. God has promised him victory. But Gideon is still doubting. So I told y'all, God is big. He's bad. He's awesome. You know what God does? He said, if you won't believe a word from heaven, I'll give you a word from hell. He said, I even know you're shaking in your boots and your armor's kind of clanking. I, boy, I know you're nervous. Use the buddy system. I want you to go down to the enemy's camp. And I want you to hear what they say. And the Bible says that he goes on a ninja SEAL Team 6 mission to the enemy's camp. I need someone to be my buddy. Um, I, need, uh, I need someone to be my buddy. Um, and some of you are raising your hands. Um, a few of you are a little ugly, so I don't, I don't know. I'm just teasing. Take a joke. Um, here's the deal. We're, we're going to the enemy's camp. I need a vet, y'all. Uh, I want to know uh, if, an, if an arrow's coming to me, are you jumping out of the way or jumping in front of me? I want you. I want you. All right. Here's the deal. Y'all give it up for my buddy. Um, here's the real reason I picked you. Because you have Bucky's on your shirt. Yes, that is discernment on point. But I still need to know, what, like, are you going to protect me? All right. So they're, okay, I need you to crouch. They're, yes. They go to the edge of the enemy's camp. And they, they begin to peer over. And they begin to, they begin to look into, into, into the enemy's camp. And this is what they hear. Now please tell me you brought some beaver nuggets from Bucky's. Yes, that's why you're my buddy. Hand over the beaver nuggets and nobody gets hurt. Thank you. Crunch, crunch, crunch. Even in enemy territory, snacks are worth it. All of a sudden, this is what they hear. They hear a conversation in the enemy's camp. Musicians come. I'm not done. I just want to fake them out and I want them to think I'm done. There's a conversation in the enemy's camp and this is what they hear. You didn't tell me your name. Noah. Noah. Let's go, Noah. Noah, do you hear what they're saying? This is what they're saying. They said, yo, yo, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up. Uh, I had a nightmare. Go back to bed. No, you got to hear this. I had a nightmare. Go back to bed. I had a nightmare about a piece of bread. Bruh, you definitely need to go back to bed. He said, but you don't understand. This piece of bread tumbled into the valley and it done did destroyed us. Tell me about this nightmare. He said, I, I, I had a nightmare about a piece of bread. The piece of bread came rolling up in our grill, destroyed us. We were all dead. And I, this is Gideon and his God. And this is God and his Gideon. Now, here's what I want you to understand. Here's what I want you to understand. I, I, need, um, I, need, I need three other uh, people to use me. You can be ugly this time. It's, it's no big deal. Um, you three right there. All, all three. Yes, y'all. Yes, y'all. That are just so humble. Come up here. Come up here. Come up here. 
run, run, run. Run in the Hebrew means run. All right, here, you're still here. Now, um, I, I want you to hold this. And uh, I want you to hold this. And I want you to hold this. What? Yeah, yeah, don't smell it. That's kind of awkward. Um, stand right here. And I, you're smelling it too. The peer pressure is real. I, I, want you to, I want you to stand over here. And I want you to stand over here. And uh, I want you to notice this. Are, are y'all going to notice this? At the beginning of Gideon's story, he is threshing wheat. So this is a grain of wheat, and this is a grain of wheat, and this is a grain of wheat. But I want you to notice that the, the enemy doesn't have a nightmare about a piece of grain. The enemy doesn't have a nightmare about a piece of wheat. The enemy has a nightmare about a piece of bread. Give me my apron. All right. Tie my apron. Um, this is a good time to slow clap if you want, you know. We're good, we're good. We're good. Okay, now y'all are insulting me. You can chill. Um, I'll sign your cookbooks later. Please, not now. Autographs later. Um, this slow clapping can awkwardly stop. Stop in the Greek means stop, ironically. Uh, how do you make a piece of bread? Uh, you you got you to gotta take a, a, a bowl and you got to take all these ingredients that are normally separate and you got to push them together. And you got to get them all in the same bowl. Get up, get up, get up. You got to put them all in the same bowl. And, and, and you got to have unity where there would be normally separation. That's why you're growing up in a culture that's so divisive. Because God is trying to unify his people. So what else have you got to do to make bread? Well, you got to get all the ingredients in the bowl. Then you got to mix them together. Y'all go in circles. Go in circles. Circles like this. Circles. I mean, we don't have time for a YouTube tutorial. No, 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 no. Just walk in circles. Just walk in circles. Um. How about you just follow me, and you follow him, and, and you follow him? Yeah, 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 y'all follow me, and we're going to go in a circle. We're going to go in a circle. I'm going to get out of the circle. You're going to keep going in the circle. Yes, yes, yes. So guess what? There's going to be times in your life, hear me, there's going to be times in your life that you're going to feel like you're being stirred up and life seems to be going in circles. You know what God's doing? He's making a nightmare out of you. You said, God, I want you to use me. You said, I, I want to be a threat to hell's kingdom. God said, I'm going to, I'm going to make a nightmare. Now, now, now watch. They've been through 
the mixing. They've been through the stirring, and now they kind of go through, they got to go through the pressure. All of a sudden, they're being pressed on. Who likes being pushed around? Who likes feeling pressure? Pressure's not always fun. And then guess what happens next? They got to go into the heat. They got to go into the fire. Yo, what? Yeah, this is what the, yeah, really? What? They got to go through the heat. But let me ask you a question. When you bring bread out of the oven, is it burned? No. Unless you were making the bread. And it was your first time, and, and maybe, let's just say, it was a little burned. Straight facts. If the ingredients are right, that bread doesn't fall apart, that bread doesn't crumble, that bread rises and develops and comes forth as gold. Hear me. There's young men and women in this room. God's going to allow you to go through some stirring. and God's going to allow you to go through some pressure. And God's going to allow you to go through some heat. And you know what God's doing? He's making a nightmare out of you. I'm preaching to your future right now. Stay right here. There's going to be moments that you can step out of the recipe. There's moments you can step out of the plan. On Tuesday night, you were saying, God, I'll let you cook. God, whatever you prepare for me, whatever you do. But then God starts preparing you. And you said, God, I want to be used by you. And say, you, you said, God, I don't, I don't want to just be an average saint on a pew. I, I, I want to do something for your kingdom. God said, if you want to be hell's worst nightmare, you're going to have to submit and yield to the process. So I'm going to remind you again. The devil's not afraid of us when we're by ourselves. The devil's not a, afraid of us when we're, we're going according to our own plans and devices. But when we come together with God's people and his word and his will, his man, when we come into alignment with him and we, we submit to that process, God begins to do what only he can do. And you know what's so amazing? Is that by the time that the enemy has this nightmare, it's not even wheat bread anymore. It's barley bread. Why is that important? Wheat bread was bougie bread. It was the bread that you bought if you had money. Barley bread was commoner's bread it was for the poor people if, if you were walking down the street and and you saw wheat bread on the on the, on the ground you, you picked it up you didn't let the rats get it you didn't you didn't let it mold if you saw barley bread you kicked it to the side 
Barley bread was cheap bread. And you know what God said? God said, I'm going to use what somebody else doesn't place value on. That's who I will use to bring destruction to the enemy's camp. Would you stand with me? Would you lift up your hands one more time? I'm preaching to world changers right now. I'm preaching to men and women that are going to be hell's worst nightmare. Not because you're perfect. Not because you have it all together. But because you said, God, I didn't just go to camp and say yes. I'm going to be a living yes. I'm going to be a Monday and a Tuesday and a Wednesday. I'm going to keep saying yes when I'm 17. I'm going to keep saying yes when I'm 19. I'm going to keep saying yes even if nobody in my school loves you. I'm going to say yes on the Friday night of NAYC. I'm going to say yes in two months. I'm going to be a living yes in five years. Barley bread. The next time the devil comes to you and says you're nothing, you're nobody. You, you ever felt that? Can you just be real? There, there, there's times when you just you feel like nothing. Am I the only one that's ever felt that? Maybe I'm a little too insecure. Here, here's a challenge for you. The next time the devil comes to you and says you're nothing, you remind him, God made the world out of nothing. <laughs> nothing is miracle material. God's not looking for your perfection. God's not looking for your His strength is made. His strength is made perfect in your weakness I'm inviting somebody to come to this front with your hands lifted I'm inviting someone to come to this front with your head raised I'm inviting somebody to come to this front saying God I know I said yes last night I said yes to the call but tonight I'm saying yes to the process tonight I'm saying yes to the journey Tonight I'm saying yes to the heat and the stirring. Come on, I feel victory in this house on a Wednesday night. Come on, hell's not afraid of you by yourself. Hell's not afraid of you all alone. But you came to junior camp surrounded by your brothers and your sisters. You came to junior camp with leaders around you. You came to junior camp with a pastor and a pastor's wife. Let's believe it. You're not just anyone. You are hell's worst nightmare. You're going to pray your friend through to the Holy Ghost. You're going to teach the Bible study 
and they're going to get the revelation of baptism. You're going to pray with one of your friends from school whose mom or dad has been diagnosed with cancer and they're going to come back and they're going to say, I don't understand it. All I know is that we prayed during lunch and now daddy is healed. We got one. We got time for one more story. I remember being in a service just like this. A man of God was preaching. And you know what I said? I said, God, use me. But something prompted me to make it a little bit more dangerous. I said, God, use me now. Now, it's amazing because sometimes we pray some stuff that we really don't mean. I remember being in a service just like this. There was preaching and there was a man that had came into that service with a cane. And the Lord spoke to me at 14 years of age. And he said, I want to heal that man. I looked over. And I would love to tell you that I ran over and palmed him and said, the Lord wants to heal you, be healed. But I didn't do that. I stood frozen in fear. And I began to second guess. And you know what happened next? The preacher stopped preaching. He called that man forward, had him prayed for. He put his cane down and walked out of that service without it. Oh, I feel miracles in the room. You know what I learned? This is going to be real revelatory. When God speaks to you, God is speaking to you. You know what I also learned? I learned that God wanted to use me, but he was not going to be limited by me. I feel a witness in the spirit right now. You know what you need to start praying tomorrow morning in the first session, tomorrow night when you go back Sunday. God, whatever you're doing in this service, don't do it without me. If pastor's preaching on conviction and my buddy's not where he needs to be with you. If the preacher's preaching about healing, you ought to say, Jesus, who can I pray for? Who can I I'd never forget, I was in a service. All of a sudden, something that's normal in an apostolic context, or at least I, I think it should be, all of a sudden the Spirit of God began to move and you could feel that feeling. Anybody know what that feeling feels like when there's about to be a tongue and interpretation? It's, it's just like it settles into the room and everybody can feel it. Just like you can discern that gift, you can discern other gifts. If you'll start noticing the moves of God and the patterns, the Bible said he made his ways known to Moses, his acts to the children of Israel. 
There are going to be people that show up to church and they're going to see what God does. But then there's going to be other people that show up to church and they're going to be a part of what God does. And they're going to know the patterns of what God is doing. And they're going to know what He's going to do before He even does it. I, I just feel to share this. We were in service and everybody's praying and we could just feel that coming to the room. Hey, let me know what that feeling feels like. Raise your hand. All of a sudden I'm waiting. We're all just praying and being sensitive. It's so important to not be in a rush and just linger in God's presence. And, and uh, all of a sudden there's a, there's a tongue that's given and we're waiting for the interpretation. And well, it's always sister, it's always sister Susan that gives it. And so we're waiting and I look over and I realize, yo, sister Susan's not here. Oh, but when it's not Sister Susan, then it's, it's always Brother Dan. I don't know where Brother Dan is at. I don't know. He's on a bathroom break or a vacation. He's not here. And I, I remember thinking in my spirit, we're, we're going to miss a word from God. And it was like the hand of heaven just came on my shoulder and said, Can I? Ooh, it was like the head. He called it was like the hand of heaven. I wasn't in Bible college. I, I wasn't 22. I, I wasn't at senior camp yet. The hand of heaven came on my shoulder and said, could I use you? And just like you yielded to the Spirit in a tongue you didn't know, I began to yield. But this time it was, it was words I did, I did know. And, and I felt that frustration of wanting to overthink it and if I don't let it. But as soon as I just spoke it out, the Lord spoke through me and He used me. I remember being in a service and, and, and the Lord spoke to me. He said, I, I want you to give all the money you have in your, in your, in, in your, in your wallet to, to that church planner. And I thought, oh, that's not God. Y'all got to realize I, I had a few hundred bucks in my wallet. That's a miracle in and of itself. I counted. I'm not even going to tell you how much. Let's just say it was a whole lot of Chick-fil-A meals. I said, God, if I'm wrong, this is really expensive. But you know what? Something in me said, I'd rather be wrong trying to learn the voice of God than lay my head on my pillow wondering, what's that God? What's that God? What's that God? What's that God? I'm, I feel a witness. There's, I don't have time to unpack all of this. I, maybe I missed it for the rest of the service. This, this is the vein right now. The, you, you, you can talk to your pastor and your youth leader. There's wisdom. If God gives you a word and God is going to and already giving you words, you don't have to run up to somebody, put your hand on their head and say, Thus saith the Lord. It's okay to go to your youth pastor and say, the Lord's been speaking this to me. Do you think this is right? Do you think this is appropriate? And God's going to start confirming. And you're going to learn the voice of God. You know what I did? I took out my wallet. I, I, I went to that. Because that, it, it, it wasn't something that was going to be detrimental. It, it, wasn't, it, it, was, it was okay. And so I, I just went over and I said, I just, I just feel like the Lord is prompting me to give this to you. And then I saw an angel that said, good job. No, I didn't. 
I gave it to him. He said, thanks. And I, I said, okay, God, was that it? Was that it? Was that it? And then he texted me. 24 hours later, he was like, I, I got I to I encourage you about what the Lord did. I said, please, do." I'm trying to learn. I want to know. He said, what you don't know is that last night I gave that exact amount in the altar sacrificially. And there was a confirmation in my spirit. And I started learning the voice of God. The next time I felt it, I walked a little faster and I was a little bolder. And I said, I'm pretty positive the Lord told me to give this amount to you. I, man, the Lord was stretching my faith with money, I guess. I gave it to that man. There was a witness in the spirit. I felt it immediately. I'm telling you, God's stirring you and God's growing you. And God's, God's making something mighty out of you. Is this okay? Is this okay? I'm looking for Brother Gaddy. I don't see him. I'm going to ask you a question. It's not a trick question. I ain't going to roast you. Maybe later. If you have ever missed an opportunity to be used in one of the gifts of the Spirit, I want you to raise your hand. Maybe it was tongue interpretation. Maybe God gave you a word. Maybe you felt the gift of faith on you. Maybe the spirit of intercession came on you in the middle of the night and you went back to bed. I don't know. Keep your hand up. Would you, would you hold it even higher? If you've ever had a, a chance to, to operate in one of the gifts of the spirit, but you missed it. I want you to hold your hand. For some of you, this is, this is, this is some of your first time even acknowledging I, 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 there's so much I want to tell you. I, you, you know, I, I told you about the man with the cane. There were there was years that I I, I I I just fumbled and I had to figure some things out. But then there was another service that I walked in, and God spoke to me the same thing, and I said, "I'm not missing it this time." I walked up to the woman, and I said, "I just want to pray for you. Is that all right?" She had a cane, and and the word is the word. The gift of faith, the, the gifts of the Spirit is not for extroverts alone. God does not confirm a personality. He confirms His Word. I don't care what Enneagram number you are. I don't care what personality. If you've got the Holy Spirit, you have access to the gifts of the Spirit. I took her by the hand. I was wise, but I was full of faith. I began to pray. I prayed for healing. I spoke it. But then I started getting a little nervous because I was like, what's going to happen after this? So you know what I did? I kept praying. We prayed for her lawn. We prayed for her dog. We prayed for her grandchildren. We prayed for everything. And I finally said, in Jesus' name, amen. Because it takes just as much faith to end a prayer as it does to begin it. In Jesus' name, let it be so, let it be done. That's what amen means. And I could have ran away, but you know what I said? I said, is, is there just any way we could see what the Lord has done? She said, yes. Her faith was agreeing with my faith. I had prayed for someone else, and I said, what would you like the Lord to do? They were in a, a condition where they visually needed healing. 
And they said, I, I, want, I want the Lord to, to give me boldness. And so I didn't pray for their healing. I prayed for boldness because I wanted something more than they wanted it. And I had to learn that. But this lady was agreeing with me. Her faith was matching my faith. And so you know what? I said, what if you just stand while I hold your hand and you hold your cane with your other hand? So she stood. I said, now what if we just walk? And so she walked. I said, what would happen if I just let go of your hand? And so she let go of my hand. I said, do you think you might just want to let go of your cane and just see what happens? She put her cane down. She began to run up and down the aisles. As the gift of faith exploded in that room and people were healed and healed one by one. And you want to know why that's my favorite miracle testimony? Not because I saw the dead raised, but I saw my faith raised. And I said, I may have not got it right the first time, but I got it right. I said yes, and I let God use me. So I'm going to ask the question again. Have you ever missed an opportunity to be used in one of the gifts of the Spirit? Raise your hand, raise your hand, raise your hand, raise your hand, raise your hand. Here's what I come to tell you. It's simple, but it's going to, it's going to break spiritual strongholds in your mind. You didn't miss the gift. You missed the moment. <laughs> Have any of you ever missed it before? You did not miss the gift. You missed the moment. And I'm telling you, there's another prophetic moment coming. Some of you are going to wake up this next week with the spirit of intercession on you. You're going to begin to travail in the spirit for a city, for a soul. You're not going back to bed. But the spirit is going to pray through you as you yield to it. There's going to be somebody that comes to you. They could have asked anybody else to help them pray over that diagnosis. But they asked you, and this time you're not going to say, oh, I, oh no. you're going to say, I will pray with you. I'm going to agree with you. When you go back and you pray with that friend that has been seeking the Holy Ghost for, for several weeks, for several months, you say, I, I don't God's going to use you. I said, God's going to use you. God's going to speak to you. There's another prophetic moment coming again. I said, there's another prophetic moment coming again. Come on, I feel a witness of the spirit. I wonder in the back if you could raise your hands. I wonder in the front you could raise your hands. I'm just inviting you to open up your spirit right now. I'm asking you to open up your mouth right now. And if you have the Holy Spirit, I want you to let it erupt and overflow out of you right now. Come on, there's not enough preachers to pray hand, to pray for every person. We can't lay hands on every single student. But I feel the Spirit coming to every junior high camper. Come on, there's an impartation in this room right now. Come on, that gift that you thought you missed. You are about to walk in and operate in with maturity, with wisdom. Come on, would you just let that out in the Spirit? Would you raise the decibel level? Come on, we're not looking for hype. We're not looking for volume. But there's a response in the spirit right now. There's a stirring in the spirit right now. There's an agreement. Come on, 11-year-old. I want you to pray in the Holy Ghost. 
Come on, 13-year-old. Come on, we're going to pray a little longer right now. Come on, we're not going to pray until everybody else stops. We're not going to pray for just a moment. We're going to push past the awkwardness. Come on, there's an authority in this room right now. There's a dominion in this room right now. Come on, we're going to transition in just a moment. Come on, keep praying right now. We're going to give instruction in just a moment. But you're receiving something right now. Come on, every eye closed, every heart open, every hand raised. Come on, something's being stirred right now. You're not waiting for something above you. Paul said, stir up the gift that's in you. Stir up the gift that's in you. It's already in you. It's already in you. Come on, there's a holy pause right now. We're going to move forward in just a moment. But this is the moment to stir. Stir your faith. Stir your hunger. Come on, there's a pastor that needs to stir up the gift of faith. Come on, there's an adult. There's a leader. There's some staff workers. Everybody in this room, it's time to stir it again. It's time to stir it again. This revival needs every gifting. This revival needs every gifting in full operation. Come on, that's it, all across this room. Come on, don't get awkward, don't look around. There's a stirring happening right now. Miracles are in this room right now. Clarity is in this room right now. A liberty in the spirit is in this room. I curse every spirit of fear. I curse every spirit of despondency. I curse every spirit of cynicism. <laughs> 